0: One of the benefits of being at a church for a long period of time, if you get to be a part of sending, sending people from the church out to do ministry work and other places in the world. And certainly it's been a real honor to be a part of this church and experience that in ways that. I could have never comprehended when I started here in 1984. I would have never comprehended that Dennis Jernigan would have the international ministry that he had and it all started here at this little gathering. And uh, I would have never, never dreamed that uh, we would be a part of what God did through Ben Manus and what was Jimmy Hodges' ministry, but is now Reaching Souls International And it's, in, it's so amazing to me to watch as God orchestrates these things and then he raises new people up to carry on the legacy of those spiritual ministries. And certainly he's doing that now through Ben's son, Dustin, who is the director of this ministry, Reaching Souls International. But who would have thought that a number of years ago that God would bring a man and his wife to our church just to be members of our church and participate with us and grow with us But then years later, he would end up being the director of the Overseas Missions for Reaching Souls International. I mean, the Lord is just incredible. And we're really blessed this morning to have Otis and Paula Compton here with us. They are our dear friends. They really had nowhere else in Oklahoma City to go to church when they moved to Oklahoma City. Because I think we were the only church in Oklahoma City at that time that welcomed families that had eight or more children. And so they came during that period of time, and, and uh, they've been our dear friends ever since, and we love them very much. And so Otis is just going to come and give us an update on what's going on in Reaching Souls International. And as, as you hear these things, I want you to know I've been there. I've been to these ministry places. And then I've been walking with this ministry for so long because these things are astounding that you're going to hear. And, and we're just grateful that we as a church get to be a small part of financially supporting them. So Otis, come and share with us. Thank you, Jerry.
1: Yeah, truth be told, the first time we visited here, and some of you have heard this story, we came and this was in the days that, that uh, services were about shy of three hours, maybe by about ten minutes. And uh, Jerry got up and started and Paul K thought he was making the announcements and he kept on preaching for about another hour and fifteen minutes. And then we had to worship time and, and then Jerry got up and said, we're going to have a prayer time now if, if you're a guest or visitor and you'd like to slip out during this time, uh, it's fine to do that, but we're going to go into a time of prayer. My kids were begging me to go eat. They were crying. So we went and picked up a young one, and we're coming down this hall, and the church was crying out to the Lord. And as we got about halfway down this hall, we were in a flat run out the door. So, what in the world did we? Can't imagine a place that impacted us and our lives and our family more. Thank you for. Uh, the grace and the generosity that you shared with us through those years, and we're still thankful for that. Even driving here this morning, we're talking about different memories, and hearing things, and seeing different things, and faces. And so, uh, very blessed to have been here. And it actually, had God not brought us here, I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. I, I met Ben Maness, uh here, and uh, went to our first banquet for reaching soldier Jimmy Hodges Ministries International in 2002. Paul Kay remembers, somewhere in 2003, 2004, you gave opportunity, Ben, for the people attending to suggest a new name uh, that was in the name change time or whatever, and she said this morning that she was 100% convinced that her name was gonna be the name that was chosen. Uh, It wasn't, it was something like Joining Hearts, she was trying to keep the initials the same, and so Joining Hearts International, I think, is what she had, so. uh, It was probably in the top five, I'm sure, but. Didn't quite make it. Uh, My bride and I are grateful to serve. I'm served as the Chief Operating Officer for Reaching Souls and have the privilege of serving alongside of Dustin Maness, our president and CEO uh, that uh, I counted a privilege to be not only working with him but his friend. I bring you greetings from him. I bring you greetings from our 2077 plus national missionaries that are serving in 10 different countries in Africa, in India, in Cuba, And as of August this past year in Mexico, as we continue to seek and to look for places that God uh, would have us be. Uh, And so thank you for your support in that. It's been an interesting last couple of years. i give you an update. I thought, where do I start? Uh, And I thought, well, I'll start about how do we dig out of the hole of COVID. Uh, COVID, as it impacted us, impacted the rest of the world. Some of our countries were 100% shut down. You're unable to do anything. You're unable to even leave your home. If you did, you were arrested. And I'll tell you a story in a moment about that. But our national ministry still had the heart to take the gospel into the highways and the byways to the very ends of the earth, proclaiming the truth of Christ. And if they don't do that, the fields, Jesus said in Matthew 9, the fields are ripe for harvest. The problem is the labors are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to raise up labors. The fields are ripe. Jesus didn't ask us if they were ripe. He said they are ripe. The problem is we don't have enough people out working in the fields. Sometimes the fruit just rots on the vine. Our national missionaries are faithful to do that and if they don't do that then people will never hear. If people never hear they'll never respond to the gospel. And So I want to share this quick video with you and then I'll continue sharing some stories.
2: Oh how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. We may travel next door or we may travel many miles, but wherever we go, the gospel is preached. We preach at our church, we preach in the market, we preach in the field, we disciple Timothy. we plant new churches, we lead the lost to Christ, we baptize our new brothers and sisters. And at the end of it all, whether one day or many days, we return home to care for our families.
3: I start my day around 05 to go and preach to the lost souls. My name is Pastor Prosper Godfrey Kunda. I've been pastoring a church and I've been working with Reaching Souls since 2015. There are places you go, maybe you find 30 people, sometimes you can find them 50, you find them 100, and you preach to them. There are tools that I usually use, like my my, my, my sounding system which is behind me. Even the flip chart is helping me so much, because you find that people, Some of them, especially when they see the pictures, it is very easy to to preach the gospel. Sometimes you find that when we go out to go and preach, there we plant a church. Immediately when we plant a church, my Timothys will start going there and helping uh, that church. I've got six Timothys, so I train them how to share the word of God. I train them how to read the word of God. I train them how to be prayerful, they are growing spiritually, and I thank God that these Timothys, they are helping me a lot so that the work of God can continue. People gave their life to Jesus, and we have seen a God working in these new believers. We baptize them, there are sometimes you find that there are 20 of them, 25, there are 40 and have a great joy. It's like the word of God, it has now been fulfilled. When I go, sometimes four days, I'm not home, but immediately when I come home, it's a joy to come and see my family. And for this, I'm very glad. How then would they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they never heard and how are they to hear without someone preaching and how are they to preach unless they their saint as it is written how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news the heartbeat of god is about the lost souls so we need to go we are not supposed to see it We need to go and preach the gospel. And when we do that, that is the heartbeat of God. God is very happy.
1: Godfrey is one of our national missionaries in Zambia. The voice that you heard at the beginning of that, some of you recognize, is Frywell Shapeda, who's been here in this church many times, who just retired this past year from serving as our international director for our southern countries. And so, what an incredible picture of taking the gospel. How beautiful are the feet. Oftentimes when I'm with our national missionaries and we were doing interviews in Cuba here recently, uh, I, I look at the feet and just imagine those feet taking the gospel to the very ends of the earth. As I said, this past couple of years with COVID, that was very difficult. In many of our countries, the doors were completely closed. Uh, They were not allowed to go out. They could be arrested if they went out. Uh, They were limited in in conversation, but it didn't stop our national missionaries. Uh, one of the stories we received not long after the pandemic hit and countries were closing down, uh, in one country, they were not able to, to depart from their home, but they, one of our national missionaries or several of our national missionaries heard that if the government was looking for someone to go door to door to tell people how to have proper hygiene in order to combat COVID, and so he sent us a testimony and said, Myself and my Timothys went and volunteered, and we went through some training, and they gave us documentation that said we could go out and teach people how to have clean hands and how to properly take care of themselves. And last month when we did that, we saw 110 people come to Christ. Kind of makes that verse, how to have clean hands and a pure heart come to life, doesn't it? What a beautiful picture. One of our national missionaries said he gathered with just nine others. They had a real similar to ours in their country that you could have ten or less in a gathering. So they gathered their church for a prayer meeting. And they were gathered there and they had masks on and they were social distancing. But someone in the community reported them. They were rebelling. This church is having church. And so the local magistrate showed up. And they came in and said, you can't do this. And he said, but sir, we only have ten and we're social distancing. We have our masks. Doesn't matter. You must be detained. And so they took all 10 of them and put them in a detention center, into a jail, into an incarceration, for they violated the law and they had to remain there for 14 days. Straight from the prayer meeting to there. He wrote in his testimony and said, while there, we continued to practice social distancing. We wore our masks, but we did not stop praying. We did not stop preaching. And when I was released, 23 people had come to faith in Christ. Interesting how God foils the plans of the government sometimes. He put them together. He said there were 322 people in that facility. He couldn't gather 320 people for any cause, and yet they put him into that context. What an incredible picture of God's faithfulness and the faithfulness of our national missionaries. that weren't willing to stop. It was difficult. Many of them, as I've spent time with them over the last few months as I've been in country, to hear some of the stories, the effect upon them. We had a man that died. The very first national minister, we had a few since then, but one of our national ministers that died of COVID, his name was Pascal. And when he died, I thought, well, I wonder. And so I looked, and Pascal had been with West for about 15 years. And over those 15 years, he'd seen 111 people, 111,000 people come to Christ. He had trained 34 Timothys, and had started 25 churches. I thought, boy, I wish my life would count half that. What a great picture of the faithfulness of men and women that are carrying the gospel to the very ends of the earth. In Rwanda, the government completely shut down. Rwanda was one of our most productive countries for many years. Uh, They would see six to 700 to 800 people come to Christ every month, numbers that are almost mind-blowing or are mind-blowing for us. But when COVID hit in April of 2020, they were not allowed to have any open-air meetings, and that continued up until February of this year they were not allowed to gather anyone and it drastically affected their work and we continue to pray with them and talk with them but this past month February they began to have open air meetings again and and then in, in March they did and in April we just received the numbers from April uh, they had over 27 open air meetings in the month of April with our 295 national missionaries. They saw 101,411 people come to Christ. Before COVID, we were seeing around 780 to 800,000 salvations per month with all of our national missionaries in all of our countries around the world. In April of 2020, that dropped to 411,042 salvations. Just 411,042 salvations. It really is difficult for me to hold my, my brothers and sisters accountable overseas when they do so much more than what we do. But we understand that we've got to be faithful with what we have. This past month, we saw 727,642 salvations in all of our countries around the world. Sometime. Well, let me just back up. From the start of the ministry in 1986, it took 14 years for the ministry to see 1 million people come to Christ. At the time, Ben, I'm assuming that was just a number that you just could not even comprehend or imagine. Wow, a million people have come to Christ. God has continued to bless, and sometime about mid to late June of this year, and I'm tracking it every day pretty much. As a matter of fact, starting June 1st, we will be tracking it every day. But sometime, maybe the 16th, maybe the 17th, maybe the 18th, all the way up to maybe the end of June. But somewhere in that time, the ministry and the national missionaries that work for us will see their 100 millionth person come to Christ. That's that's because of your prayers and because of your support and your faithfulness and your training. Many of those men and women that are out sharing the gospel are men and women that people sitting here in front of me have trained. They gave their Bible to. People that you invested life in and they're continuing. When we come back home, they continue to share the gospel. Michelle Manus, Dustin's wife, shared this during the midst of COVID. She said they were driving one day and she said, you know, it appears that Reaching Souls was built for a time like this. When so many people had to leave the field as missionaries had to come back, it is their field. They know how to work in the government. They know where people are. They know how to continue to advance the gospel. They didn't stop. They continued to do so. Nationals reaching nationals is our strategy, and we believe God continues to bless it because that's what we do here, right? Who's the best people to reach South Oklahoma City? I'm looking at them, right? Right? Who's the best people to reach Oklahoma? I I mean, we must proclaim the gospel. How will they hear unless they're sent, and how will they hear unless someone takes the gospel, these feet that are shod with the gospel of peace, to proclaim that, to take that to the very ends of the earth? We are celebrating, and we're going to celebrate 100 millionth. As a matter of fact, you'll see some things, and we'll continue to communicate that. We're going to try to have some, even some you know, kind of, nationwide celebrations some of those online and we want you to be a part of that and that's that's coming out uh in the days ahead but but we don't celebrate a hundred million and just stop and sit down and say well okay we're done <laughs> uh, we believe god has so many more there are still billions of people that have never heard the gospel in this past year dustin spent about three months on sabbatical uh, uh, just a time of, of renewal and refreshment, and, and asking God, where do we go from here? What's what's out there? What's next? And he came back, and I remember sitting down across the, the desk from him. He said, "I," he said, "I don't. I, I'm, I'm hesitant to say this, but I just feel so strongly that this is from the Lord." He said, "I believe that we're to be a part of seeing a billion people come to faith in Christ over the next ten years. That number, I, you, you can be as stunned as I was." like, wait a minute, am I responsible for that? Uh, we believe God can do it. We know that's not just us. It's in collaboration with our partners and with others, but we believe that God wants to see a billion people come to Christ. So we're making plans to do that. I'm leaving here in just a, a few hours, literally. I'm, I'm going to walk out of here and and uh, go grab a quick bite to eat and go to the airport and I'm flying to Uganda where I'll be doing reviews and then I'll meet Dustin, Michelle and others in Kenya and we're going to do interviews as we seek to over the next few months add a hundred and fifty new national missionaries in Kenya and and we'll do that in Zambia in July and August and plan to do that in Malawi in the spring and over the next three years we're adding a thousand national missionaries across the area because we know that there are more people working in the fields there's more opportunity to harvest more many Hands make light work. So as we continue to do that, thank you for partnering with us. We believe that God wants to do more than we could ever comprehend or imagine. The only limitation is our limitations that we put upon God. He does so much more than we could ever, ever comprehend. And I'm so grateful for your investment in that. We believe that God wants us to add national mysteries. We're doing something that's new to the ministry. And, and, and there's, there's some here that, that, that might even go, wait a minute, what did you say? But over the last few months and last year with our board and with our leadership, uh, we believe God's led us to add female national missionaries. Now hear me, I didn't say female pastors, so don't don't stone me right now. No matter what your perspective is, I know where I'm standing and I know where I come from. But do you understand that over sixty percent of the population of the world are female? Do you understand that in Mexico about 70 to 75% of the homes have no man in them. Do you understand that our national missionaries in Mexico and Cuba and in Africa, if they go to a home and there's only a woman and children there that it raises all kinds of other issues and challenges? Do you understand that women can communicate the gospel to women and children better than we can? Do you understand that women are faithful witnesses of the gospel? Do you understand that the very first witness of the gospel was a woman? So we're excited about that. My wife and I, Paula Kay and I, and Dustin and Michelle were in Cuba, and we interviewed roughly about 100 ladies and was humbled, humbled, humbled. One of the ladies we interviewed in the course of asking the questions, one of the questions asked is, how often do you share the gospel? And she says, well, every day. And this is coming through a translator, and I thought, well, she means every day that she shares the gospel. And she says, I do it about four hours. I said, okay, well, so you do it about four hours, but how many days a week do you do that? And she said, every day. I mean, this is through translation. I keep looking at the translator. Something's not communicating here because surely that's not accurate. And so finally I said, well, do you do it on Monday? And she goes, yes, and Tuesday and Wednesday. And we go through it. She does that. And she goes, oh, but not Sunday. I, I teach and I do things at church on Sunday. I said, how many people do you think you speak to in a month? And she starts calculating, and her and her Timothy, those that she's trained share the gospel with, and again, through translation, I thought she was saying about 120 to 130. No, 1200 to 1300, and when I asked her how many of those come to faith in Christ, on average, in a month, she starts calculating how many people came to the discipleship group that she has on Friday nights, after they share the gospel, they invite everybody that came to the gospel, in the previous week, she had like 18, and then she had 22, and any time, she got counting up, just the past month, she had seen 170 people come to faith in Christ. Yeah, we can, we can partner with that. You're a part of all of that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again on behalf of Dustin, Michelle, our board, the National Missionaries, for me. Thank you. Thank you especially to this church. If you haven't heard Ben and Linda's story, sometime y'all just sit down and ask them. I've had privilege to hear it multiple times and in recent days uh, quite often. Uh, This church... uh, it probably has as much to do with reaching souls existing outside the Lord's hand than, than any. I mean the investment in Ben and Linda, the fact that the very first trip I mean, Ben went on a trip, came back and Linda thought she was moving to Africa and and is that is that scared the water out of you, maybe almost? It just But this church said you need to go, Pastor Jerry and this leadership of the church and they paid for Linda to go that first trip. And since that day, in the beginning of this church supporting Reaching Souls International, over 550,400, I think it's 22 I saw today, that this congregation, through all those years, since 1989, the first gift was given to the ministry in 1989 directly from this church, $550,422. Thank you. Thank you for that investment. Thank you for the faithful prayers. Thank you for the continued support. I feel it, I need it, I know it. Dustin does, Michelle does, our national missionaries. As we look forward to what God has in front of us, they're needed even more. Needed even more. The challenges are real. Just as they are here, they are real all around the world. There's never a time that the Gospels needed to go forth more than it is now. We don't know how much time we have left. You, you probably know some of you, reach as many people f- as quickly as possible in the most efficient way. That's, that's our, our marching orders. We want to reach as many people for Christ as possible in the shortest amount of time, in the most efficient way. We don't know how much time we have. It, it, it looks like we have less time every time you turn on the news, right? Well, let's take as many people as we can with us. And let's continue to invest in others. Thank you again for giving me the opportunity to come share. Pray for me. Pray for Paula K and our kids. Uh, I leave today. We we'll gone for about fourteen days. Not near as long as Ben used to be gone. He'd be gone for months at a time. And uh, and so I'm so grateful that I don't have to go on that long. But pray for me. I'm taking another uh, product of this congregation, our newest hire. As a matter of fact, he's not officially hired until about 2 o'clock today when he steps on the plane with me. Cole Manus is our newest uh, hired Reaching Souls. He's our field analyst. He's going to spend about 120 (laughs) to 150 days a year uh, just traveling from field to field and helping us uh, uh, make sure the accountability is high. And so pray for he and I as we travel there and then for others as they meet us in Kenya. Uh, God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Jerry. Thanks for the opportunity to share an update. God bless you.
4: Wow, man, I am, that is incredible. I'm so excited for the work that God is doing in Africa and around the world through Reaching Souls. And I am just humbled that I get to be a a small part of that, just of it being a part of this church and the giving that we do. Um, But we are so thankful for Otis coming and taking time out of his schedule to share that with us and give us an update. And he's on his way to Uganda today, so that is incredible. Let's give Otis a hand and just thank him for coming and sharing that amazing report with us today. You know, if you don't know this, any time that you give to our church, a significant percentage of your money goes to our missions ministry, and uh, a significant percentage of that goes to Reaching Souls International. And if you want to know more about the partnerships we have at Together Church, you can go to togetherokc.church forward slash missions, and I think that's going to show up behind me. But you can go to our website and view more of the partnerships that we have, and also just want to thank you guys for your giving um, just consistently to our church. Okay, at this time, we're going to dismiss our children. If you are fifth grade and under, you can go right out these doors and have a lesson on your level. Have a good time, guys, and we'll get started here soon. While they're dismissing, I'm going to pray for us. But before I pray for us, I just want to read this passage from Matthew 21 to you. In the morning, as Jesus was returning to the city, he became hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the wayside, he went to it and found nothing on it but only leaves. And he said to it, may no fruit ever come from you again. And the fig tree withered at once. When the disciples saw what happened, they marveled saying, how did the fig tree wither at once? And Jesus said to them, this is what he said, truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not do. Uh, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, "Be taken up and thrown into the sea," it will happen. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Is your faith stirred this morning by what Mar- by what Oda shared? Is your faith stirred by what God is doing in Africa? Are you marveling at the numbers, at the faith? of these disciples of Jesus laboring in the harvest? Do you want God to do that in you? My challenge this morning is as I pray this morning, if you feel led, I just wanna encourage you to bow your head with me and just extend your arms, opening your hands to the Lord as I pray for us this morning for faith. God, we thank you for what God is, or for what you are doing through reaching souls in Africa. We thank you for what you are doing here through us. God, we ask you in faith that you would work in our hearts, that you would give us boldness, that you would help us walk in our identity that is found in you. Father, that we would be faithful to go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing those who follow you, teaching them to observe all that you have commanded us. And we know, Father, that you will be with us always, even and to the ends of the earth. God, we want to be your disciples. We want to be your messengers. We want to be your hands and feet. We ask you for faith and boldness and for the filling of your Holy Spirit. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.